Welcome to Uncommon Intuition, a podcast for those seeking to go beyond the mundane and find their magic. Join us as we explore spiritual topics and discover new ways to slow down, refocus, and live intuitively. Hello, my friends. It's been a while since we were last here together. I'm excited for what this new year will bring. My mission this year has been to make life a little more magical, and I think I'm off to a good start. If you follow me on Instagram, you have seen that I've been collecting apothecary goods. I've curated small bottles filled with herbs and large jars filled with music and incense. I've been hunting down the perfect items to create wonder and curiosity. One of the things that I've become really curious about is plant magic. I've been researching how being connected to the earth and its elements can enhance your manifesting practice. Herbs in particular act as a bridge to amplify your intentions. They are an outward expression of inward intentions. Of course, I have to share with you what I found out about plant magic The first thing is to understand a plant's magical properties, one must first look at the plant's healing properties. Throughout history, herbs have been used as healing remedies, and I personally have always wondered how the healing properties of plants were discovered in the first place. And as it turns out, the answer is a little less mysterious than I had originally thought. That's because plants have identifiers known as signatures. The signatures of a plant give us insight into the healing properties of the plant. These signatures include the plant's color, texture, shape, scent, and even the environment in which the plant grows. For instance, dandelions are bright yellow, which resembles the sun, and the sun is shown to help with jaundice. Therefore, dandelions are thought to help protect the liver. Likewise, plants that continue to grow in desolate conditions, such as little to no soil, are thought to help with resilience. In plant magic, there is a correlation between the medicinal properties of a plant and the magical properties of a plant. St. John's wort is medicinally known to aid with depression. Magically, it correlates with banishing negativity. Rose is medicinally known to be an antiseptic, and it's used to treat wounds, bruises, and incisions. Magically, rose is used in love spells that help heal the heart. As an added bonus, plants also incorporate the five alchemical elements, earth, water, air, fire, and spirit. This is because herbs are planted in the earth, grow with sun and water, and experience the wind then the spirit is at it with the use of intention. But wait, there's more. Plant magic doubles down on alchemy through the transformative process the herb goes through during use. So chopping, heating, cooling, infusing, and boiling all add to that transformational magic. Then you add in the personal energy that goes into growing, selecting, harvesting, drying, calculating the formulas, preparing the mixtures, and setting intentions, the magic is at an all-time high. Plant magic at its core is actually a practice and mindfulness. Everything from choosing the plant to deciding on how you want to use the plant is very intentional. Before you begin your plant magic, take a moment to sit with your herbs and get to know them. Hold them in your hand and breathe in their scent. Look at them, notice their colors, share your intention with the plant. 
focus on your goals, and lastly, express gratitude for the plant's help in your magical practice. There are countless ways in which herbs can be used in plant magic. To name a few, herbs can be used in pouches, charms, altar decor, incense, offerings, candles, spell jars, oils, grid work, and even bath rituals. Typically, herbs are placed in four different categories. These categories provide framework on how the herbs can be utilized. The categories are sacred, tea, culinary, and medicinal. Sacred herbs are plants that are associated with sacred rituals or have religious symbolism. These herbs are often used for smudging and clearing purposes. Herbs that fall in this category would be sage, palo santo, and rosemary. Tea herbs are leaves, seeds, flowers, or fruits that are steeped to produce an herbal drink. These herbal infusions are customized according to the intentions being set. Lemongrass, Cinnamon and chamomile teas are said to bring good luck. Culinary herbs are used as seasoning to flavor food. Kitchen witchery uses culinary herbs to imbue the food with magic. Basil, cayenne, and dill are herbs used to usher in romance. Lastly, medicinal herbs are used in tinctures and medicine to restore health. Turmeric, ginger, and echinacea are supposed to aid the body's immune system for better health. All types of herbs can be used for plant magic regardless of their category. How they are used and what intentions are set is completely up to the individual. I personally have used herbs to create homemade paper. I selected sage, lavender, and cinnamon to infuse into the paper. I chose sage for its clearing properties, lavender was for peace and comfort, and cinnamon was for abundance and prosperity. I use this paper during full moon rituals. I write down what I want to release on one side and on the other side, I write down what I want to attract. Then I burn the paper to show that I have let go of my worries and expectations. I feel like this creates the space for the universe to work on my behalf. The other thing that I want to try but I haven't done yet is to use dried herbs on a crystal grid. As you can see, the possibilities are endless. I have really enjoyed using these elements from nature in my spiritual practice, and I'm sure that I'm going to continue to do so. The topic of plant magic is so expansive that I can't possibly cover everything. I thought it would be a good idea to bring in a guest speaker that has more experience in herbalism than I do. I reached out to Jessica Claiborne from Into the Wilds to talk about her knowledge on herbalism and foraging. Jessica, I brought you on because a while back, I was trying to create a ritual for a full moon. And I was listening to TikTok, watching TikTok, and I kept seeing people blow cinnamon at their front door. And I'm like, why are we blowing cinnamon at the front door? And how do they know that they have that cinnamon has this magical protection property? Um, and so I did a little bit of research on my own and I found that you know, herbs just like crystals have their own magical and healing properties, which I thought were really cool. It's funny you talk about cinnamon because while it was just the first of the month and ideally you do that on the first of the month with salt and cinnamon is for prosperity, salt is for protection. 
you know, I always had a curiosity with this, you know, you see shows like Outlander where Claire's in the dungeon with all the herbs and you see shows that like Charmed where they're using herbs in their spell work and stuff like that. And I'm like, how did we get to this knowledge? And the little bit of research that I had found and the documentaries and stuff that I had found was shamans would go into a trance and they would see auras of the plants and stuff like that. But there's actually a more practical tool that everyday people can use, which I found was the um, plant signatures. Do you know things about this identity stamp that these plants have? Yes, um, different plants, they have different properties. So like some are drying, some are cooling. I would have hated to be the people who tested these out personally. <laughs> But at least we have that group knowledge from um, all of our ancestors before us, you know, they've done the trials and errors and, you know, we can't eat raw elderberries, but we can cook them down and then have them, you know. Um, but yes, there's all kinds of different things. One of my favorite books actually is the Herbal Remedies Handbook, and it will tell you the different things, like if it's a, a cooling or heating, if it's a demulcent um, and uh, emollient expectorant. So they have their own properties. And it's amazing too, because you can put them together, but as an herbalist, you need to do it not for the symptoms, but the inner cause. And so if you have a sore throat and if it's like a fiery thing, you're gonna want something to cool it down. You're gonna need something to help with the inflammation, but you want a cooling aspect to it. For joints that are stiff, you might need to uh, heat them up or you might need to cool them down depending on where they are and what you're doing to it. But herbs have all these amazing properties. <laughs> yes, and I love that there's been this it seems like collectively as a consciousness, I've seen a lot more people into temperatures and herbs as medicine, as opposed to wanting to go the other route and use pharmaceuticals. We're getting back to nature. Pharmaceuticals, Christy, what are pharmaceuticals made out of? Plants. Right. Like, they use plants and then they just use a whole bunch of other things to like put them together. That's all they are. They're, they use the herbs, but then they also use all these other things to put in there as well. You know, herbs are great. And yeah, they do always, they do have side effects sometimes. They have uh, counteractive things that happen. But if you really truly know them, I found that you will learn the ones that you need to know. Like if you if you pick out a plant that you're interested in, you pick that out and almost guaranteed that that's going to be something that you're going to need in your own in your own life or maybe for somebody around you, you're going to need that for somebody. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> so you're just like you're drawn to a particular yeah. plant and it's like intuitively it's like, "Well, I, I'm going to need it for something." And then you find out that you do need it for something the energetic side of plants they you know um one of my first books that i got was the green witch and how the different plants they have different energies you can use them for different things cinnamon for prosperity but it also talks about actually holding on to those plants and looking at them and just kind of feeling the plants sometimes the plants that that they say is energetic for a certain thing is not what energetic for you for me <laughs> For me, basil is for love. I can't remember what it was, but it's not love. <laughs> so, but for me, it's for open hearts. And like, that's what to me, basil means, you know, and peppermint is for money, um, prosperity and cinnamon as well. 
I, I love that because there is such a correlation to, like you said, with the medicinal aspects and how they play into the magical aspects, but just like crystals, you know, even though they have a defined meaning of this is what the energy of this crystal is supposed to do, it's very personal. So when you hold it and you use your intuition, you can tell what energy that crystal is going to bring to you. And I, what I'm hearing from you is it's the same with herbs. Like you can just tell what it, how it's going to work with your energy versus you know the the category that most people put them in yeah that. spend some time with them spend some time and don't do it for all of them at one time yeah yeah <laughs> <Slow> process <laughs> well I I really like that you said you were drawn to things I always tell people what resonates with you something catches your eye you just keep going back to it over and over again there's usually a reason for it Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love that you're doing this intuitively like that herbs. What I found is they enhance your medicine or incantations or whatever you're doing with it. They add an extra layer to it. And it's all about the intention and how you're using them as well. It's a more tangible outward reflection of your inward intentions. So I thought that was really cool. So like that herbs are, you know, alchemy. You talked about green witchery. We can talk about kitchen witchery as well, but they're alchemical, like, or if that's a word, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're being transformed. You know, you can use them in so many different ways, whether it's in tea or, you know, cooking and culinary or medicinal or magic. There's so many different ways that they transform. Um, I know that you and your shop, you have salves. I've seen that you've had herbs themselves. Uh, I think at one time you might've even had some tinctures. How do you decide how you're going to use the herb? Most of the time I go at it with a problem to solve, right? And uh, most of my recipes for the salves are tested. Sometimes I find a recipe and other times I'm just, I just am called to put certain things in. <laughs> yeah. And, and then like when I, I, I research what I do. And so that way I know, and it's crazy, you know, I know that my ancestors are there and they're like, Hey, and I don't know why I do it. I just do it. And uh, like my bug bite self, amazing. Like it's, it goes away like fast. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. My husband, I bought some of that for my husband and he really struggles with like mosquito bites and things like that. He will just dig and dig at them. And we got your salve and oh my gosh, it was like instantaneous, not a problem. I love that. There are like things, I don't know, but sometimes it's just things, just honestly, they just come to me. Um, same thing when I'm cooking, same thing. And the herbs that I have, the herbs that I find uh, or herbs that I find are helpful. Uh, I know that's not good for business. It needs to be more encompassing. But as I grow, I am trying to add more. Like, yeah. And especially, I love the fact that a lot of my herbs, those are, those sell out pretty fast though, is the ones that I forage myself. Uh, like all my clovers, red clovers, white clovers, and there's some others that are out already, like mulberry leaves and, you know, that kind of stuff. The heating, the cooling, the infusing, the boiling and the chopping, all of that has inherent magical powers yes. as well. As you're working with them, it's like you're, you're doing magic to them as you're just using them naturally, very intuitively, and that you're guided in that way. Because that's how I think our listeners are going to want to use them is what really resonates with them as well. Even doing a little bit of research and knowing the medicinal, you can kind of figure out what they're going to do for you on the magical side of things as well. Really, it is really cool. <laughs> yeah. 
what I read was, you know, to tell what a plant is good for, like if you're just wondering about and you're looking at something, one of the things that I read was about like dandelions. They looked at, yeah, you're clapping, dandelions are great, aren't they? They really are. And different parts are different things. That's yeah. the same thing with many different herbs. Sometimes you want the herb root, sometimes you want the flowers, sometimes you just want the leaves. And sometimes the dandelions, oh, I don't know why men and how homeowners have such a big war against dandelions because really oh my goodness the the root helps to detoxify your liver and can actually strengthen your liver and the leaves are awesome for blood pressure i mean and then the flowers the young flowers they just taste yummy and the stem this is my favorite this was an experiment you will not find this in any book i have not been able to find any correlation to it. my last summer my stepson was we were climbing up on the top of these like mulch mountains and he stepped on top of one that apparently was home to a bunch of ants and so he had this swarm of ants come up both of his legs <laughs> so fast I'm like you know he did the freak out thing because all these ants and I took the stem of a dandelion and the white milk that's inside of it and that actually like uh took away the sting just the milk of the dandelion and that's not in any books I love that oh my gosh you touched on how it's just not just one part of the plant it's several different parts and they can all relate to different things as well. Um, and that you're using trial and error to, to kind of figure out what and how you're wanting to use them. I know that they used to use dandelion and chicory for coffee and for tea. A chicory can be used as a coffee substitute. Also chicory is really good for your lungs too. For your lungs? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I didn't well, know root, that. Chicory yeah yeah it's crazy it can be like a coffee substitute there's so many coffee substitutes out there it's crazy i've got a bush out front the yupon holly that's also amazing for a coffee substitute who would have thought <laughs> so what are some of your favorite herbs that you work with more often mullen is amazing it's also uh called cowboy toilet paper <laughs> i love it because it feels like a teddy bear oh wow it's always that's like um that's like my white rabbit. I wanna I always wanna find mullen just so I can feel it. I just wanna like feel the leaves. Mullen's really good for your lungs. Uh the 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 flowers have its own medicinal property off the top of my head. I cannot tell you, but they're amazing. Something that you had sent to me, the name. I know one of them was mugwort. Uh -huh. And I know that mugwort um metaphysically is used for like astral projection uh -huh. and dreaming and things like that. Now, what is it used for medicinally? Uh, medicinally, it's calming. It's a calming herb, mm -hmm. like lemon balm and chamomile. It's up there with those. Uh, it's very calming. It's really good for like before bed. It says to help be very helpful with sleep aid. Um, but like you said, on the metaphysical side, it's for astral projecting and um, with your third, it helps with your third eye a little bit. Now, I have heard that sometimes with herbs, you don't have to ingest them necessarily. Like I made paper out of my herbs that you could put the mugwort in and then just put it under your pillow. And that even is supposed to help. Good dreams. Yeah, you can do that as well. Um, with mugwort, there is a, I need to make sure people know, mugwort, don't take it for more than two weeks uh, at a time. If you're taking it internally, there can be uh, some complications while taking it. But uh, if you just put it underneath your pillow, you can put it underneath your pillow as long as you want. <laughs> That's a good call out. I think that um, everything in moderation is probably a good, good, good <laughs> yeah. uh, overall, like be cautious mm -hmm. uh, and don't overdo it. Do you know anything about the sacred herbs such as sage and things like that? Sage is amazing. Okay. Besides the cleansing 
aspect of sage as as most people know spiritually you can use um sage smudge stick or just burn sage in order to cleanse the space but sage is also amazing medicine so with with sage it, yeah it's awesome for savory and pumpkin we always think about uh, sage at like thanksgiving i know I, that's one of my main ingredients for stuffing but sage is amazing um did you know that sage can actually help if you have sores in your mouth if you have like uh something going on you can use sage mouthwash it helps for sore throat it helps for menopause with um heat flashes whenever you get heat flashes and it also it has in like lots of studies lots of studies on this with with sage and helping with cognitive function and keeping cognitive function function even with going through alzheimer's it has decreased the um dementia uh aspects of patients while taking like a, a certain amount of sage and it's amazing like Sage is like, um, you always heard that old adage, that sage advice, and sage really is amazing. And they've used it for so long, and it's gotten just put onto the kitchen shelf. There's stuff that you have in your kitchen cabinets that you could be using, and you don't even know that, yeah. that you could be using them. Just different things you can put together, you know, and they're just, they're things you have. I do a lot of herbal teas around here. You have your main ingredients, your key herbs, and then you have your um, uh, subtle herbs that come underneath it. You know, you can have your key herbs and they should have different um, abilities. You know, you're not going to mix a cold and a hot herb because that's going to counteract each other. And then it's just, you know, you're just drinking it just to drink it. Talking about kitchen cabinets, we've got the culinary herbs, which is what we see in kitchen witchery. But they're basically, they're seasonings. But if you're cooking, you could use it with intent, especially if you know the properties of those herbs, you can really put intent into what you're cooking. Or what that resonates with you, you know? Um, most people think rosemary is protection. For me, it's around New Year's is when I usually do something with rosemary just in it. A rosemary basil but I love cooking with those herbs anyways so it's not that hard to like you know just say okay well this is what you're doing today this is, this is you have a purpose not just to taste yummy <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and then um of course we have the magical herbs which is when we use them and use them for intentional whether it's rituals or spell work or protection work whatever you're doing that's what you would be doing. And I feel like magical herbs can be all of those things. They can cover the sacred, the tea, the culinary, the medicinal. It's all in one. Definitely all about that intention because, you know, it, everything is energy. I'm more versed in what I would say energy healing. Um, so I can kind of understand some of it, but I, I love that attention where your attention goes is where energy starts flowing. And so as you're creating these things and you're putting that intention behind it, you can be adding extra healing just with your intentions and not just the herbs or the things that you're using as well. So how did you come across like this love for herbalism? Honestly, curiosity, curiosity. And then the more I found out, the more it was like, wow, I love like, that. I wanted to learn. I <laughs> saw recently that you actually are having classes. You have, I think, six weeks worth of classes. Um, and they're also geared towards children. To learn. Yeah. I was in my 20s when I started learning, and I think I would be so much farther ahead if I had had somebody mentor me through, you know, when I was a kid. And when you're younger, you can actually absorb more of that information, and it just kind of, 
becomes second nature. It's natural like it used to be. There's this shift that's occurring. Um, we used to be small villages, small towns, very interconnected and could share wisdom and things like that. And then we've grown big. And I think now with the shift that's coming up, um, we're kind of going back to our roots, back to the smaller community and the smaller knowledge and things like that, where I see more people are wanting to grow their own food organically. Um, they're wanting to have this knowledge, but it is really the shift that's going back to, I would say, matriarchal and the knowledge that the women used to possess because women used to be the healers and people that they would go to uh, for these medicinal herbs. I think that this is one of those things that you can be more prepared to be more connected to uh, the world around you. So can you tell us where we can go if we want to sign up for your classes? Oh, yes. Um, so right now it is through my email. You must email me for registration. Uh, the classes start next week, actually. Um, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern is for ages uh, 6 through 11. Uh, Wednesdays are my adult classes. Those are at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, and then Thursdays are the uh, 11, or 12 to 17 year olds. And that's at 2 p.m. Eastern as well. Um, you can email me at into the wilds uh, 2021 at gmail.com and I can send out a registration form. And then after that one, I'm excited too, because I'm going to be offering herbal remedies course. So how to actually put the cells together, how to make the oils, how to make tinctures and all that fun stuff too. So that's coming up after that. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today and uh, we will continue with the podcast later. Hi there, it's me, Christy. Come on and hang out with me over on Instagram and TikTok under the username Uncommon Intuition. Or you can find me over at UncommonIntuition.com. I hope to see you there. Now that we've learned a little bit about plant magic and herbalism, I want to switch gears and talk about the spiritual meaning behind the month of February. There's lots of things going on and lots of elements associated with February. So first, the purpose of February is to release what no longer serves you. There's a full moon on February 16th. It's considered the snow moon, and it's a time to renew your vision, become resourceful, and align with new opportunities. If you're really looking to harness the energy of February, then work with crystals of amethyst, bloodstone, and moss agate. If you're doing a tarot spread for the month of February, the three-card spread would be stop, start, and continue. Because it's the month of February, and it's also known to be the month of love, I have chose the Romance Angels Oracle card deck by Doreen Virtue, and I've pulled three cards for the collective. The first card says retreat. It's time to disconnect from the world. This would be in the stop position. This means that it's time to stop letting other people have influence over your life, having a say, being in your business. It's time to kind of retreat and go into yourself. And then the next card that I pulled was very soon. Clearly decide what you want so that it comes to you now. This is in the position of start. Start means it's time for you to start being more firm in your commitment and in your decisions. It's time to get off the fence and it's time for you to stand your ground. 
And in the third position of continue, the card is let your friends help you ask for and accept support from others. I think it means exactly that. It's time to continue making sure that you are well supported and taken care of. It's time to continue to use your voice and set your boundaries. Now, as we continue with the February elements, there are two chakras that if you want to work on them this month, the energy is more readily there for you. And that's the heart chakra and the crown chakra. Let's give ourselves a little break before we learn more about each of these chakras. The heart chakra is the fourth chakra in the body's energy system. It's known as the bridge to connection. Now, if you have a balanced heart chakra, you're going to have compassion, you're going to be generous, loving, and have healthy relationships. Signs of an imbalanced heart chakra would include relationship problems, feeling isolated, skin conditions, asthma, heart attack, circulatory problems, and blood pressure problems. It's located at the center of your chest. It represents love, and it develops between the ages of 22 through 28. And the sensory function of this chakra is touch. The associated body parts are rib cage, heart, lungs, circulation, skin, hands, arms, and upper back. Now that you have the 411 on the signs and symptoms of the chakra, then let's talk about how you can balance the heart chakra. You can do this with the color green, looking or drawing symbols of the hexagon. Its element is air. The spices or herbs that you need for your plant magic are basil, sage, and thyme. You can eat leafy greens, spinach, and kale. You can listen to the sound of ah, as in father. Or you can use crystals of rose quartz, jade, and aventurine. If you want to have some aromatherapy, then use rose, jasmine, and tarragon. If you're into Bach flowers, you can do red chestnut, willow, or chicory. But don't worry, I've got you covered. If you feel like you need your heart chakra balanced, let's do some sound therapy today. February also is the month for the crown chakra, and the crown chakra is known for connection to the source. It's the body's seventh chakra in the energy system. 
The signs that you have a balanced crown chakra are you're open-minded, joyful, spiritual, good health, centered, and you have overall wellness. Symptoms of an imbalanced chakra, autoimmune disorders, life-threatening disease, mental illness, lack of joy, flighty, and you're dizzy. Man, you know what? I haven't read these in a long time, and I'm like, so you're telling me I've got an imbalanced crown chakra because I have an autoimmune disorder? I don't know how I feel about this. I'm going to meditate on that a little bit longer. Moving on. So the location of the crown chakra is at the top of your head. It represents spirituality, self-realization, and enlightenment. The development ages for this chakra are ages 43 through 49. Well, daggone, am I not being called out or not? That's my age group right now. I really do feel like I've stepped into my crown chakra and I'm really owning it these days. But moving along, the corresponding chakra is the root chakra and the sensory function is cosmic awareness. The associated body parts are the upper brain, eyes, penile gland, and higher self. The color is white. The symbol is a lotus blossom. There isn't an element associated with it. The mantra is OM, and gemstones are amethyst and diamond, and the aromatherapy oils would be rosewood. Bach flowers would be wild rose and chestnut. And just like the heart chakra, we also have some sound therapy here for you for the crown chakra. Thanks for listening. I'd like for our paths to cross again, subscribe, or leave a review so that we can find each other again. Until next time.